Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Total Seamers Podcast. My name is Simo. Today, I'm joined with Paul. Say hello, Paul. Hey, Simo. How's it going? Very well, mate. And yourself? All good. Thanks. Uh, and we also have a, a debutant. And the and this episode of the Screamers, it's a special episode of the Screamers, the first the first time there's ever been a Screamers episode without an Englishman. James, how is it going, mate? Good, mate. How's yourself? Ah, oh, very well, very well. Uh, James, as a Manchester United fan, is coming on uh, to talk about his blo- be- uh, beloved Ronaldo today, <laughs> 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 and, a, and a few and a few other things. Uh, so he's going to fit in just fine at the Screamers. Okay, uh, the first match I want to go to is as far away from Man United as you can pretty much get. I want to go with Liverpool Palace to start. Um, Liverpool, I, I think the the 3-0 scoreline flatters Liverpool in this match. I was, <laughs> there was a lot of squeaky bum time in this match. Palace looked very, very good in the front foot. Uh, this new look Patrick Vieira side that, that he has playing, uh, very much the aggressors. And I think for, if it hadn't been for a, a couple of big saves from Alisson, Liverpool would have found themselves uh, in a bit of trouble. What were your thoughts in the match, Paul? Yeah, I have to agree, really. Um, it Like, at 1-0, it was kind of, you know, kind of had thoughts back to last season where these sorts of games we were drawing or losing. Um and it felt, yeah, obviously once the second goal went in, then it was game over. But like that took a long time. And the first half of the second half was, uh, yeah, it was a tough watch at times. We didn't look entirely comfortable. And Palace, oh, yeah, they didn't really have anything to lose, I guess. And yeah, they looked good going forward. Like they uh, they posed a threat when they went forward. And Liverpool didn't didn't really look that good in defence at uh, various times. But um, yeah, then, then it's just... A case of having like Salah there to, you just need the goal score and he gets the goal out of basically nothing. Like it was a, I guess it was an easy finish for him, but saw Jota in the first half miss something very similar. Yeah. Jota missed the, um, the open net in the first half. And I can, yeah. when you see those missed, you kind of feel like it's not going to be your day. Um, but, glad, but gladly, um, I just felt like that game was balancing a knife edge at one now. I just didn't feel totally convinced that we were going to get all three yeah. points if it stayed, if we just get the one goal. Um, 
James, as a, as a Man United fan, we, you don't have your Liverpool glasses on. What, what was your view of that match? Do <laughs> you think Liverpool were quite for, fortunate to, um, to get a scoreline like this? I, I think, yeah, once once that second goal went in, as we said, I think it was, yeah, it was, the game was finished. But I think Liverpool definitely miss uh, Trent and Robertson when they're not playing. What a massive, massive miss they are. Um, especially, especially obviously going forward. Um, Milner, decent player, but he doesn't have the same technical abilities uh, Trent will ever have. Uh, so I think that was a big miss. But I couldn't, I couldn't see Liverpool losing the match. Although Crystal Palace had a couple of chances, they hit the post when Allison nearly fumbled it. What a shame! Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I can't, yeah, it was. I, I, it was always going to be a Liverpool win, I think. Glad to hear it, glad to hear it. Uh, Kanati made his debut. Uh, it wasn't a blind performance he put in, but it was a competent one. Um, it's difficult coming into a, a defence that, that takes as much risk uh, as the Liverpool defence. I think you're bang on. Uh, although I think James Milner, he got man in a match, and rightly so, I think he was outstanding on the day for the, for the work he put in, especially from, from, from the look of a Liverpool fan, we very much like to be struggling in the first half, and, and James Milner was one of the few sort of decent performances um, in the pitch, and but yeah, I mean, missing Trent, I, I still rate Trent Alexander-Arnold as the best right back in the world. And I'll have that debate any day with anybody because having that playmaker and, and the Liverpool system is based around having these extraordinary um, wing-backs that, that contribute to attack and play. Uh, and obviously we do miss that. Samakis, I think, is actually setting in. I, I think he gets assist in this game, I'm not sure. Remembering it off the top of my head, but I think he, he played competently as well. And yeah, I was. I think this, this scoreline pretty much flatters Liverpool, but from a Liverpool point of view, if you're playing badly and still winning three 0 still come, still getting the three points, and that's that's a good sign. Um, but yeah, Palace. The, what what do you think of, of Patrick Vera's start, James? Do you think he, he he's getting um, to play a completely different brand from Roy? It's completely yeah, different. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, definitely different. Um, I think the first the first game it was about uh, is this going to be the right fit for Crystal Palace? But with Gallagher, I think Gallagher's going to be a great player for them. Um, and then you've got Zaha. He's one of the, uh, not personal favourite of mine, but I think he's um, he's he's going to cause defensive problems anywhere he goes. Um, so they've got they've got the makings. I still think they need that centre forward. So I just don't rate Ben Takey at all. Thank God, Hudson um, Edward. You've, you've you've obviously watched a bit of him. Um, a fan of the the, the mighty Dunfermline. Uh, yeah, oh, oh, <laughs> I know, I know, local <laughs> Scottish leagues. Um, obviously, scoring goals in the Premier League as is a different, it's, it's a different level than, than, different, than it is yeah. here in Scotland. But the goals, the goals don't move. And he, and he demonstrated that in his debut when he put two by um, on his cameo appearance. Um, I, think, I, th- I think you'll see when when Edward, when, when he played for Celtic, he, he was linked with moves to here, there and everywhere. But the, the head kind of went down. He stopped running so much. He stopped, like he basically stopped trying. And mm-hmm. the problem is, I think Crystal Palace is going to have is keeping him at that level. Because mm-hmm. the minute a couple of things go against him, and I don't think he's going to be the player that uh, he started off as. Well, I can see that as well. I mean, it's a it's a different challenge for Edward. He, he played in a league where he had the bulk of the ball all of the time, um, and he would go through a match and then have a good sort. He could be guaranteed at least ten, like, sort of ten chances in a match on his own, yeah. you know, uh, because Celtic would just dominate the possession. And this is a league where he's not really going to. He probably get two or three good chances. In a ninety minutes, to, uh, if he's lucky, and in a game yeah. where Palace are playing well, he'll probably be guaranteed a sort of two 
uh, two or three quality chances that, that are there for the taking. And it's it's what he obviously came on. What did he make an impact? And he did do that. And got two goals in his first appearance. Obviously, it's a no score against Liverpool, but that's 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 a difficult he, task for any player. He had that I chance think though. Yeah, he did. He did have a chance to yeah. to, to bring Palace back into the game. Do you have any thoughts on? Yeah. You have any thoughts on um, Patrick Vieira's new brand of football at Palace, Paul? Uh, yes, just to say, like they, I don't. I think if that was a Hudson team, it wouldn't have been as nerve wracking. But like Palace seem to be up for it and kind of uh, ready to throw people forward when they when they had the chance. And yeah, like to come to Anfield and to put a team like Liverpool under pressure as they did, especially so early in like the, on the season. It's like definitely promising for Palace and Palace fans. Um, and yeah, like Edwards' chance was, it was on a plate. Like he should have finished it. There's no doubt about it. And that was that was at one nil. So it's a completely different game then. Yeah, yeah it becomes a lot more promising. difficult for for Liverpool if that goal goes yeah. in. I definitely agree in that. It's at a different level. We'll, we'll see more of how he's going to settle into this league. I don't think there's too much competition in front of him. Benteke, I think, has, he's a, has a horrendous scoring record at the minute. A horrendous scoring record. Yeah. Um, minus that game a wee while ago, where I think he put two by. Can't recall the team off my head, but, but yeah, he's he's just he's he's struggling in the Premier League and has for a long time for only two or three seasons. Benteke's really really struggled, so he doesn't have a whole lot of competition directly in front of him for that centre top centre forward position. Obviously, we see Jordan Ayew there, and we've seen Zaha step in and up. Well, Zaha very much doesn't like to be too central. <laughs> Because he doesn't really get the chance to cut in on his right foot. But um, yeah, I think there's not a whole lot in front of him. And I think we'll probably see him as a start on centre forward for Palace. Maybe in the sort of next two to three games, I would say you'd actually see him nail down yeah, that. Yeah, nail down yeah, that definitely. position. All right, I want to go to game zero, the the, the game with a, a zero net carbon production. I'm not sure how much carbon or, or, or whatever football produces, but apparently it does in that. And we didn't, we didn't do any of this match. <laughs> Game zero, they called it. Um, at the the new White Art Lane or the, the new Tottenham Grandioso Stadium, which has look which does look fantastic. Um, Chelsea went there and convincingly beat them three 0 for another really, really, really poor Harry Kane performance. Again, it just can't seem to get going this season. It looks as if the head is dropped. Um, obviously, he's not ruling out that summer move. He needs a better agent, in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I say that Chelsea but absolutely fantastic front to back Azpilicueta um, uh, sorry Kepa Aritza Balaga oh, not Caesar Azpilicueta <laughs> comes in for Mendy and doesn't seem to skip a beat and does a, a solid performance as well um, Chelsea have beaten Spurs and Arsenal and dropped draw, and Liverpool in their opening games and they still sit right up there at the top uh, probably of the top six the most difficult run in in the start of the season uh, Paul how do you rate this Chelsea side? Yeah, they're on a roll, aren't they? There's, it looks like there's no stopping them. Um, obviously, this was an easy, easier game, but the like the way they played against Liverpool in the second half with ten men kind of just showed how good they are and how well drilled they are. But yeah, this wasn't like really a contest, was it? And by the end, you're kind of thinking our Spurs even there's like they're not challenging for top four at all. It seems like at the end of the game, top four is kind of all sewn up, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you're they're. Chelsea will definitely they'll hit a sticky patch at some stage, hopefully. But yeah, just it's just very <laughs> I'd hard. I'd like to, to see. think. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was kind of disappointed with Lukaku. I thought I don't know, I thought there was he was kind of a new player, but it seemed like 
uh, that he was kind of back to, not his old ways, but just really like lacking movement up top. And he I felt really there was a couple of much. times he should have took the shot on. Yeah, that too as and, well. And, yeah. and chose, to, chose, chose to pass. And he put uh, Timo Werner in for, for a couple of good chances. And Timo Werner, uh, as oh, good Jesus. as he is in certain areas of the pitch, <laughs> he's not really the man you want to plant directly in front of the sticks because that man will find a way to miss or find a way to come. <laughs> I think, honestly, in years to come, we'll talk about, oh, how good was Timo Werner? If only he could finish. If only he could finish. Um, yeah, I, f- I feel like he was... I don't know why he didn't seem to take the chances on. Um, I mean, he just seemed... Obno- like, up until this match, he seemed obnoxiously arrogant and, and just brilliant and just looking like a top, top world-class centre forward. Until this match, where he just didn't seem to take those chances. I mean, the the, the bracket of centre forward, you put Lukaku in as sort of your Lewandowski, your Cristiano Ronaldo, those really, really elite-level centre forwards. Uh, and those... The two I've just mentioned there, they, they, a couple of times where Lukaku was on the ball, they shoot, and I feel like Lukaku should do that, and had a great shot against Villa where he kind of shot outside the area and, and put one by as well. And, you know, I, I just feel like, um, I don't know what was really going through his head or why he, why he wasn't playing with as much swagger as he had in previous games. Um, James, I'll come to you. Um, Spurs completely off the boil for this match. Never really liked to coming back in here after the, the first goal went in. Um, no, I'm, I think... I th- the, the, the setup with three up front, um, Kane, Son, and Lacelso. Lacelso was never a striker in a million years. Harry Kane ended up playing almost defensive midfield at some point. I mean, he was he was playing these long passes up to the striker, but it's your striker that's playing the long passes. Mm. I mean, how um, <laughs> it's un- unbelievable. Um, I just I don't I don't get uh, the manager's thinking behind it. Harry Kane just striker. You put him up front, he scores your goals. I don't You've know if it's necessarily the manager though, James, because Harry Kane has always done that. If he doesn't get a touch of the ball, he tends to come deep to get a yeah, few passes in. to get involved. Yeah. To get himself moving. And But he did that far too much. He was nowhere near the sort. Oh, it was, it was half the time he was closer to his defence than he was the opposition yeah. goal, which is where you, where you need him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, last season, him and Son were unbelievable up front. Yeah, they were lethal. Um, Absolutely brilliant, but now Harrogate is dropping further and further and further back just to get more and more involved, and it leaves a gaping hole up front for them. Um, if they'd signed another striker, then you, you could even have played Hurricane behind the new striker, but Hurricane's guaranteed the game, nobody's going to take his place, and he's going to, if he plays like that every week, um, Tottenham are really going to struggle. Really going to struggle. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I do think Hurricane will get going. Because the history books say that Harry Kane, when he's fit, has a tremendous season in the Premier League, like for the past yeah. sort of five seasons. Um, he, he always struggles when he comes to at the start of the season. I think there was like five or six years in a row he hadn't scored in August or something. Was yeah, yeah, start, <laughs> something like that. And like this is this is England's main striker, one of the yeah. best strikers in the world, and he can't score in August. I think it was actually yeah. I think it was last year actually he put that to bed um, yeah, yeah. but I think so a wee while ago right, Daniel Levy really didn't want to sell Christian Eriksen Christian Eriksen had so many knockers at the door the main one Real Madrid who wanted to give Spurs about the sum of about of, of 80 to 100 to 120 million for the, for the signature of Christian Eriksen and Daniel Levy put off and Christian Eriksen ended up going for £14 million to enter Milan because the, the, 
when a when a footballer doesn't want to play football at a club, you can you can always tell by looking at him. I think Harry Kane looks like that right now. I just don't think he's looked completely invested in the vision at Spurs. I think he was always going into this season. I think he always envisioned envisioned himself at a different club. Um, and I'm I worry for Spurs that this could happen as well. Value does depreciate quite fast in football, and one or two bad seasons for Harry Kane, and, and he's no longer that 150 million pound striker. He's he moved down to a sort of 40 to 50 million pound bracket if they're lucky if he comes off the bats if he comes off the boil but I think that's always the risk especially if a player doesn't necessarily want to be there what's your thoughts on that Paul? Yeah like it was frustrating watching him like James said he he was just dropping so far back and it was just not helping anyone and yeah I'm not necessarily sure it was the manager's decision to make him play like that but Spurs were hopeless like they they had nothing going after the first 10 minutes they were rubbish and it was at the stage of the, like 60 70 minutes i was watching with my mate and i was just like do something and he's like my mate was like yeah that's great advice paul and just like, but it was at that stage where it's just like do something like i don't think there was a yellow card or anything like just there wasn't anything going yeah they even looked like they wanted to win or i don't know I think goal number two goes really, in and really it's just the, the, the zero yeah. fight to that, to that Spurs side or any sort of um, and it was very sort of routine for, for Chelsea I think far yeah. too easy for that for a, for a London derby um, for Chelsea to go and get the three points uh, away from home in London uh, far far too easy for them um, yeah I, I think Spurs so don't have too much to worry about I mean I think what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the goal for this, this season to, to maintain a Europa spot probably it's probably yeah. the, the the goal for Spurs. Yeah, um, I think they can do that. Judging by how I've seen them um, play against all sides, I thought they did a good job against City um, and and other sides as well. They've done a fairly decent job, but yeah, they have to they have to nail down a bit of consistency. Obviously, it's, it's even a new system for Nuno playing that forward at the back. You've spent so many years at Wolves trying to make a, a back free work and, and making a back free work and, and yeah. getting a lot of success out that. Um, so yeah, it's it's, it's a it's a, it's a new setup there and. and I'm not sure it's too much a happy camp with uh, <laughs> a hurricane. It's, it's virtually forced to stay. Uh, but we'll move to another London side as they as they went away to Burnley uh, and got the got the points again. Back to back wins for Arsenal. Who's seen it coming? Who's seen it coming? Not me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll come to you, James. Um, Arsenal Burnley. What were your thoughts in the match? Um, I, I'll be honest. I didn't see much of this game. Um, Arsenal. They're Arsenal. I mean, mm-hmm. what, what do you say about Arsenal? Um, flatter to deceive at times, I think, is the decent yeah. goal. Od- Odegaard's a great player. I think he's going yeah, to be brilliant. Fantastically taken through. Um, but it's, it, I, th- I think they've got a bit of the hurricane issue with Obama Yang and Lacazette. Are they going to be there for a- another season yet? Are they, because they're, when Obama Yang's on fire, he is one of the best strikers oh, he's easily in Europe. When he's in the mood for it. Uh, but at this moment in time, I don't think he is in the mood. And I think that's going to keep going and going. Pepe is a lot of money for a player who is Shut. pretty average, I think. Yeah, I was, <laughs> trying to be nice. I was trying to be nice there, but yeah, he's pretty bad. So. We're not nice on this podcast. Just, just tell us how you really feel. No, yeah, he's, he's not very good. He's not a £75 million player. Definitely anyway. not. Um, so, I mean, they've got the young guys. Saka is, I think he's going to be unbelievable. Yeah, he's tremendous. Not tremendous if he stays at Arsenal the way they're playing just now. Mm. I think he needs to leave Arsenal to progress because Arsenal are just going to yeah, pull him down to the Arsenal's level. A relegation fight near enough. <laughs> um, <laughs> but 
Burnley, I actually quite like Burnley. Uh, I think they're doing well. Sean Dyche, although yeah, they lost the game, I think Sean Dyche signing that new four-year contract, uh, I think yeah, I think Burnley Huge are going to be okay. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's he's the one signing you want Burnley to make as keep the manager. Yeah, if you were a Burnley fan. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that's slight positive for this. I mean, two clean sheets and two six points in the, in the last two games for for the Arsenal. Um, I think the main factor, and this is my opinion, this is the change of the back line. Um, the absence of, of Rob Holden, Callum Chambers, Pablo Mari. So the absence of these players are going to clearly make, make an improvement to the side. I think the, the centre-back pairing of Gabriel and, uh, and Ben White is, is something that, that Arteta just needs to go with and nail down. I think the addition of Takiro... Tommy Yasu, the, the, the right back is, is, is well received as well. Um, Aaron Ramsdale was the only reason they come out of this match with a, a clean sheet, making a, a couple of big saves as well. Uh, obviously it was a bit, it was easy to kind of meme on Ramsdale, considering he's been relegated probably about four times <laughs> back to back. <laughs> and, and perhaps if he does a good job, he might not get relegated this season. Fingers crossed for the young lad. Um, for the England number three. Uh, yeah, I think Arsenal, you can't really judge them off these two games. I mean, it is Norwich and Burnley from the, from the back-to-back wins they've got, but it's progress. It's two clean sheets and, and points on the board. They still don't look the complete. They don't look the finished article on in, in the final third. It's just one one goal from open play so far this season for Arsenal. Yeah. Um, so slightly worrying. Uh, if you take away that Odegaard free kick, did he get the three points? I, I don't really think so. Um, but yeah, it's an improvement from the dire situation that they started the season with, uh, I believe. Um, what your what your thoughts on the, on the uh, the Arsenal situation, Paul? Yeah, with this one, I think it's a good result, obviously. And like you said, I don't think you can jump to conclusions and say, "Oh, this is turning the corner," or whatever. But at the same time, you see this fixture, and you're just like, "Oh, this is like a perfect Arsenal game where they lose whatever two one or whatever, and Burnley will yeah. score from corners and blah blah blah." So I think in that. And to keep a clean sheet, but like looking at the stats, they didn't exactly dominate. It seems like Burnley oh, had some better. Yeah, absolutely. Burnley not. had some good chances, and but yeah, maybe it's just Arteta sorting out the defense, starting off solid, and then growing from there. Um, yeah, like we'll see in the next few weeks, I guess. Like I do like I like Arteta. And I hate Arsenal fans, <laughs> so. <laughs> And Arsenal aren't a threat anymore, so it doesn't really matter. Like you kind of, I kind of want them to do well, but because they have some decent players as well. Yeah, they do have some. That, that squad is littered with um, tremendous talent. Yeah, there, are, there back, are some good but, players, but, but yeah, yeah they, they're they're not uh, average mid table side. Yeah, <laughs> on a good yeah. day, on a good day. Um, I do feel like they don't they don't really have the depth at centre back that they probably need. I mean, Callum Chambers, Rob Holden, uh, Pablo Mari. I rate these as maybe lower tier Premier League level centre backs uh, and not something that if you if you have any ambitions of going, going to Europe uh, in any sort of capacity whether that's a conference Europa or Champions League I don't think that's just, is <laughs> what you want to pick your bat line on um, yeah. but yeah I mean and from a Burnley point of view a difficult one to take again there's a call for a penalty right at the end I think maybe John Dice is in with a shout it could be a penalty um, but they probably just never get any decisions down. <laughs> they just they never get a decision um, it's quite funny actually because they, they just get nothing in matches no matter how vocal Sean Dice is um, but just I don't know what it is about the refs I think it's just because it's little old Burnley 
Um, and it's not going to hit the media if they don't get a decision. <laughs> it's very really covered. Uh, it's unfortunate for them, I suppose. Uh, we'll next go to the mighty Southampton, um, go to the Etihad and, and leave with a point, which is a good result for the Saints, I think. Uh, what are your thoughts on the match, James? Um, they played well. Um, I think Kyle Walker was very lucky not to give that penalty away. I think it it's was a pen for all me. day long. All That's day the long. type of decision you'd never yeah. see Burnley get. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I thought I thought Southampton's decision making in the final third was a bit ropey. Um, there was a few times they could have went down the wing, played it down the wings, got the crosses in. But uh, I think it was Redmond two or three times decided to cut into the middle. Um, it's very much his game. It's yeah, I mean that's what he's known for. But then they had the left the left back uh, running down outside of him, and not once did they play him through. And mm-hmm. it was clean through once if he got the ball. Um, Man City, I would say it's it two points dropped for Man City. They should be they should be beating teams like Southampton. Um, and I think not signing a striker is starting to show ludicrous. Yeah, I mean the, the amount of money they've got, the amount of money they've spent, and they don't have. I mean Gabriel Jesus is back up to nobody. He's yeah. a backup striker to literally nobody. Um, <laughs> he's, a, he's, he's actually a bit of a non-striker, isn't he? He's, he's traditionally a sort of like wide sort of inside yeah. forward, isn't he? He's, he's, I don't think he has the stature to play through the middle. He's not like an... an like, I know, I'm not saying that all strikers need to be big and strong. You can have your sort of Neil Mapais and, and, and table Pookies and stuff like that yeah. like, that are very capable of like moving and buying and, and using their speed. Even Masala, Masala, to a certain extent, and through, the, through the middle can be very effective. Um, Diogo Jota. So I'm not saying... Strikers need to be big and strong, but he is very much not of the steel that is required to oh, be definitely not. Definitely, in the definitely not. Yeah, <laughs> but um, and uh, to be honest, Man City one one shot on target for the whole ninety minutes, uh, and that was Phil Foden's header in the ninetieth minute. Yeah, um, just not good enough. I mean, if they're if they're title ambitions are uh, if they've got title ambitions and need to start putting the ball in the net without a doubt. I don't um, think they have necessarily the the given grace of the the other sides not being quite up to the standards of them. I think if you look at that Manchester United side, you look at this Liverpool side, you look at that Chelsea side, they are, they have improved greatly uh, this season. Um, it's not going to be walking apart for Man City by any means. Uh, Paul, come to you. Uh, Pep called for the the fans to turn up to the head. He didn't give the team a boost. <laughs> He said they had 10 minutes to prepare for this Southampton side. I don't know why he said that. He said he had 10 minutes to prepare. They play the game midweek. What were they doing between then and 10 minutes before the match? <laughs> Sometimes Pep Guardiola just says the maddest shit. I don't know why. It's so funny. But um, yeah, give us your thoughts, Paul. <laughs> yeah, that was just... It was like he was taking the piss. It's a bit of a shambles in the media for this week for Pep, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know why he said it. He probably didn't think he was saying anything too bad, and then yeah, he just doubled down on it, which just made it worse. And yeah, then, yeah, the game didn't really go to plan for them. Um, I get, yeah, I don't know how worried he'll be at the moment. I think what they're ten points behind Liverpool at some stage last season, but like you said, there it was just chasing Liverpool last season, whereas this season there's more than two dogs like, in this race. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, the striker thing. Yeah, I don't know. They well, I guess Aguero wasn't fit all the time last season. I think the big miss at the moment is De Bruyne. Like, if he's not starting, their city just aren't as good. They're obviously a great team, but without him, they're they're missing like the star man basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, why was was there a reason Foden's on the bench, or is it just not good? Just 
just man city just pep yeah, just, just, just um, has a bit of a brain fart every now and then doesn't yeah, it yeah exactly he just does it to test himself or something yeah you'll just, <laughs> just be like leave them on the bench. Yeah, every now and then he's just like oh De Bruyne is a striker or something like that you know <laughs> <laughs> usually at the ch- semi-final or the final of the Champions yeah. League yeah <laughs> but yeah just I don't know a bad weekend I guess for them but yeah they haven't started obviously how they wanted to so yeah, they yeah. need to they need to get get it together sooner rather than later. I think if they were to uh, really be up there um, near the the sort of the middle stages of the season, um, uh, shout out to James Ward Prowse. A uh, hundred consecutive league starts for an outfield player um, is the only the ninth time it's been done in uh, in Premier League history uh, or top flight history, I think. Um, so, I mean, it's he is literally so important to that Southampton side. It's unsurprising <laughs> that he started a hundred games in a row. He could, uh, he could well, very well go on and do a hundred more um, because that's, he, he is so vital to, to the, I would say, which is a, a fairly weak spine minus him in that in that Southampton side. Um, I thought Southampton were probably going to struggle this season. They are to a certain extent, but they're not struggling as much as I thought they were because I thought they lost a, a few key players and didn't really try to replace them although the signings they, the signings they have made although not blockbuster have kind of came in and did the job so I mean credit to Ralph Hassan who he is he is trying to do that job there I don't really know where the end the end of the sort of road is for, for Hassan Hutto um, because he's going to be backed tremendously by the Southampton board here and I think that the end goal for Southampton is obviously to be in the upper tier of the, the Premier League in that top 10 sort of season it would be the dream for them I think but I think if you're not going to put the money in front of the manager to do that I don't think you're ever really going to get there your thoughts on that, James? Yeah, definitely. I mean, obviously, they lost, they lost Danny Ings, which is a big, Huge. big loss, a massive loss. Uh, replaced him with, yeah, easy, easy. And then re- replaced him with uh, Armstrong, who I think is going to be a good player. Looks a good talent. But I don't know if he's going to score the goals that Danny Ings got. I think that's going to be a big, big problem for them. Che Adams, I don't think he's a. He, they might get might get into double figures, but he's not going to be a prolific goal scorer. And I think that's what they're going to really miss is up front, uh, big time. Unless obviously they open the checkbook and and sign, I don't know, Lewandowski when he comes to end his contract <laughs> see at the end of the season or something. It's a no brainer. I don't know why they've not yeah. done it already. Exactly. Um <laughs> Yeah, we are approaching our half an hour ish point boys so we have to give a shout out to our sponsor this show is brought to you by manscaped for 20 percent off and free shipping code screamers 20 at the checkout uh they do plenty of stuff um nail grooming products mainly trimmers for your balls toners for your balls deodorant for your balls haven't really for your balls uh, so go out there look after your balls um don't be like these two guys i'm on with today who never look after their balls <laughs> <laughs> Swiftly moving on, uh, Paul. We should come to our beloved Billy, um, your best friend in the entire world. Um, had a great old weekend because um, his side uh, got a three 0 win over a decent Everton side that have been actually had a fairly positive start to the season. Uh, this is our first loss to the season. Three 0 to Aston Villa, very much to the um, to to the to the reward of, of uh, a Leon Bailey cameo that lasted about fifteen minutes that essentially won the game for them. Uh, what were your thoughts in the match, Paul? <laughs> yeah, I was shocked. I couldn't believe that Villa had like, won so easily in the end. Um, I guess, yeah, they're missing Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison. And I guess, yeah, that was huge for everything. Seamus Coleman um, as well. Yeah. Jordan so Pickford was, as well, actually. It's yeah, yeah. So that's nearly half their team. And mm. uh, yeah, you could see they weren't the same team. Like, I think Gray had a very good chance at the start. 
and or towards the first the first half sorry and Rondon had a decent chance but yeah Villa Villa thoroughly deserved the win in the end um it looks like yeah it's not so dark without Jack Grealish maybe maybe they they won't do so bad yeah maybe the, sun, maybe the sun will rise again for Villa Jack Grealish um I thought but I just just mentioned uh Gray there yeah Demario Gray looks at her. Bargain signing seven point five million for a, for a player as quality is is as young as he is as well. Uh, very yeah. much fits this Rafa system. It's great to see Solomon Rondon back in the Premier League. Very much enjoyed him <laughs> at Newcastle. Uh, I remember at Newcastle they just recently got rid of Mitrovic uh, and then brought in Rondon, who was essentially a clone of Mitrovic without <laughs> with, with just a little less shit housery. So yeah, it's very much yeah. uh, very much enjoyable to see him back in the Premier League. Um, no Hamas Rodriguez on the bench again, James. Uh, he was very, very important to the, the Ancelotti side of last season, but uh, Rafa can't seem to find a place for him in this side. Uh, do you think that's a mistake on Rafa's part? Um, I like Hamas Rodriguez, but I don't think he's got the work ethic that Benitez is looking for. He mm-hmm. wants he wants his front players to chase back. He wants, um, he wants the tackles to go in, and I don't think Rodriguez is that type of player. He's brilliant. Yeah. I think he's a, got a great left foot. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that's it's just simple, simple to do with work ethic. I don't think he's got it. I remember there was last year, there was a, last season, there was a match week where James Rodriguez was the only player in the Premier League not to register a sprint <laughs> while playing 90 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm very much of the opinion it doesn't, doesn't quite fit. <laughs> That Rafa, definitely not. Um, the, the the much hard hard working Spanish um, system, uh, opposed to the the beautiful free flowing Italian system that Carlo Ancelotti uh, had set up <laughs> as he said was into his job at Real Madrid. Um, yeah, I think. What do you think is? Do you think? Do you think this squad, this Everton squad, is deep enough, Paul, to to maintain a certain momentum the start of the season with? I think it's a real problem at Everton that the that bench just looks far far too thin for me. Yeah, like yeah, like like they make a few changes and your man Andy Lonergan's on the bench that uh <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful legend. Yeah. And then yeah, like they Premier League winner, Andy Lonergan. Tom Davies, Andre <laughs> Gomez. I think Benitez is the is the manager to like kind of galvanize these players who are kind of like a bit of nowhere in their careers. Like Tom Davies, he started out well, but he's kind of in that place where I think Benitez is a good manager for those sorts of players. And I think they will get top 10. But yeah, you're probably right if, <clears throat> sorry, longer term injuries, like if Calvert-Lewin, for example, is out for a month or two, they're fucked. Um, yeah. yeah. They can really drop points in that. Yeah. yeah. But I think very yeah, vulnerable I to the um, the fate of the injuries. Um, Everton at this time and Tom Davis I mentioned way way back in one of the sort of early episodes of Screamers that I thought he was a player that was destined for at some point for the championship in his career <laughs> um, just because I, I just don't think he, he really is a, the complete midfielder that a Premier League side needs and I'm very much yeah. still of that opinion in, unless maybe, um, Rafa Benitez can get another extra sort of 20-30% out of him I still very much see that that championship is looming uh, at the at the end of that Tom Davis road that, that he's on right now, uh, we'll next go to another side outside the Trudash top six that is performing very very well. They got a huge win over Leicester in the Seagulls. Um, goals from Danny Welbeck, you love to see it. Um, penalty from Neil Pie as well. Uh, Leicester City not really started the season as well as they normally do. Um, what's your thoughts on Brighton this season, Paul? 
<laughs> They've just turned around, haven't they? It's, it's just something's fell into place. They were the, they were the XG sort of meme last season, yeah. weren't they? They had all this XG and no, none of the goals to go with it. Um, but yeah. something seems to have fell into place for them. Yeah, I think it's Shane Duffy coming back into the centre of the Obviously past. it is. It's what yeah. they're missing. <laughs> yeah. The only change that I can see for the whole squad. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the re-emergence of Shane Duffy. Yeah, um, but yeah, long may it continue. It's great seeing a team like Brighton up there because they play good football. And then, like, this is just a huge win for them. I know Leicester had two goals disallowed, but I think both for the same thing, was it? Just Harvey yes. Barnes standing. Well, both young Harvey Barnes just not understanding the offside rule. <laughs> just blatantly disregarding the offside rule. <laughs> yeah. he's, he's so insistent that both times, the both goals are pretty much picture perfect. They come from either yeah. side, one, one from the right a right yeah. corner and one from the left side of the corner and Harvey Barnes both instances stands pretty much right next to you or in front of the keeper in an offside position and I mean <laughs> right it's easy to forget that rule right because it is it's it's always been about but it's really been enforced in, in a new sort of VAR system right but if you've already made that mistake in the match less than 10 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> I just don't feel like there's any excuse for it to be happening again. Get on side, Harvey. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 no. that interruption there, I just don't understand it. It's uh, beyond me. <laughs> it's one of them that, like, obviously, pre-game, like, okay, Harvey, you stand in front of the keeper. Okay, You just do that job, and then you're thinking, I don't need to tell him, like... This goal was disallowed, so we'll know for next time. Just like, <laughs> obviously, didn't bother. Just did the same again. Uh, yeah, so it could have been, could have been a lot different, obviously. But um, do you think he was yeah, like, I'm really small, so I can't possibly get in the, in the keeper's vision? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> can't possibly be in his eye line because I'm significantly smaller. But yeah, I mean, it's like you're within touch and reach of the keeper in an offside position. Uh, it's obstruction, pretty much these days. Rightly or wrongly, but I mean, to get it on twice yeah. as much. <laughs> Points dropped for Leicester. Um, Jimmy Vardy back on the score sheet, as, as he always is. He'll be, we'll be here in 10 seasons' time talking about when will, when will Jimmy Vardy drop off. <laughs> um, what, what were your thoughts on the match, James? Um, well, I mean, it was what, two set pieces Leicester scored. Eh, sorry, Brighton scored. Um, obviously, one, one led to a penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Danny Welbeck got another one. Uh, I think I think it was just a bad day at the office for Leicester, to be perfectly honest. Um, I think they'll come good. They scored a great goal, well worked goal from the right. Um, yeah, I, yeah I, I would I would put that down to bad day at the office. Move on to next week, and I think they'll I think they'll be fine. Harvey Barnes needs to stay out on the wing, just get out of the way, just leave the, the centre forward for Vardy. Um, yeah. Uh, start, start playing them wing back or something so they're just way out the way um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, but I mean Telemann's a great player uh, and Dede Chowdhury in the middle uh, so I, I, yeah, I, I can't see there being an issue there they're just mm-hmm. yeah just not not, yeah. not good game yeah draw a line under it move yeah. on yeah. they have they have the European fixtures based in midweek as well yeah, so yeah. it's not quite as easy I mean it's, it's always harder for a, for a, a side outside that traditional sort of top six to, to be burdened with the, the, the well I say burdened but to be playing those those midweek European fixtures or European nights is, is quite um, it's a lot, ta- a lot more taxing it is than a, than, a, than a side that's got like essentially two teams to rotate through um, 
Definitely. We come next to your beloved Manchester United and how they did over a, a fantastic... They're doing all right, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Talk about flattering the scoreline, did you? <laughs> it was written in the stars that Jesse Lingard was going was to score. And I thought they might get away with it if he didn't go on the pitch. And I was thinking, oh, maybe if they just if he just doesn't go on the pitch, this could go West Ham's way. <laughs> and then I heard the West Ham fans singing Jesse Lingard's name, and I was like, oh dear, yeah, you're asking for it. You're asking for it. Jesse Lingard scored the goal. He scored many times for West Ham. <laughs> then Mark Noble with the penalty. Are we? I'll come straight to you, James. Uh, I mean, from a Manchester United point of view, this is this is a this is a great result. Um, it's a difficult West Ham side. West, yeah, West Ham are, are a good side. Obviously, they were missing Antonio up front, which was was a, was good for Man United. Um, I think United should have had at least one penalty. The first, the first one at the Ronaldo three, um, for the West Ham player stuck out his leg and took took him out. Kufal, um, Kufal, yeah. Um, second one never a penalty. We touching the shoulder. Third one, I think he was going down before the ball. Which is hard to, for me to say, but I'll, mm-hmm. I'll admit it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, th- the, I think the Man United's problem is central midfield. Mm-hmm. Just, it's, it's, the Fred just isn't good enough. Simple as that. Um, but then McTominay, I don't think's up to speed either. The, the, and what Van de Beek so, has to do to get a game in this team, <laughs> I will never know. It's a difficult um, task for McTominay, though, like working next to Fred. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we've all been there when, when you're at work. You're at work and it's just like, <laughs> you're just burdened with someone that's more hindrance than, than, <laughs> than anything. Yeah. I, I quite feel like that, so that must be how McTominay feels. Oh, definitely. Uh, when, he sees, when he sees the team, the team sheet. I mean, I mean, this is something that's been that's uh, that's been known about Manchester United for a, for a, a, a good sort of three seasons, solid three seasons. This, oh, definitely. This yeah. Problem has been in the foreground of Manchester United, so I don't, I don't understand. I don't quite understand why they've not not solved it yet. Uh, on, on the Ronaldo penalties, I think I think the one that so all he said two of them were Stonewall, which is just all coming out with some mad shit as usual because he just loves saying <laughs> mad shit in the press. Um, the, the the playback is the ball was going off to the left and Ronaldo still seems to be running towards the player <laughs> to the right <laughs> to get himself over that leg you know and oh, I think never. that's why the, that's that's why the ref is uh, I don't know what what are your thoughts Paul you, you reckon that's a penalty which one are you talking about the, the, the yeah the the Sufal one well, yeah, um, yeah. he sort of goes over his leg. Yeah. I feel like the ball was going in a completely different direction from where Ronaldo is running. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's just always looking for it, isn't it? He's just, he loves it. The third one was, like my mates were saying, it was penalties. Like, because did you remember where um, Zuma went over Pogba's leg? Yeah. And he never really got touched, but he flew over and mm-hmm. yeah. saying that he hurt his ankle. And it was kind of the same with Ronaldo, but he was just going down. Like I, like, was looking at the video, and he just starts dragging his left foot. I don't know, mm-hmm. like, like what? Yeah. what are you doing? <laughs> but he's he's obviously, that's obviously what he's going to do all season. Just hope that VAR will give him one or two. It's not yeah. a bad tactic, but uh, yeah. I didn't think. Yeah, probably the first one was the most likely to be a penalty. Um, but yeah, Jesus, like. I don't know. Did Moyes not watch England over the summer? Like, why is he bringing on Mark what Noble? Is he thinking? How is Mark Noble at 34 years old getting on a Premier League pitch? Did you, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's like, it's a kick, kicking the ball from 10 yards or whatever. Just like, give it to anyone. Like, it's, 
Yeah. I don't know. I just don't understand. Just let Declan it Declan Rice or something. Take. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, it was, it was, his only kick of the whole entire game was that one penalty. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what is what, he even why? doing? Obviously, it was a substitution to 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 waste time. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Matt obviously came on the pitch like, I'm not, I'm the penalty taker, so I'm going to go in and, and produce one of, possibly one of the worst penalties I've seen for a long time. It was so bad. Yeah. It's worse than a Penenka, because it looks like a complete, a complete amateur penalty. Um, yeah. it's, it's not been hit hard enough. It's in the perfect. If you could pick, if a keeper could pick a spot for a player to hit a penalty, it would be there. Just a nice like, height. Yeah. Just a, a lovely height for his dive that makes him look like a hero. So it's not like it's the players. So it looks, still looks like a very heroic save, you know. Um, David De Gea can 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 uh, relish and applaud it. So it's been a penalty saver for quite frankly, what was a, a, an atrocious penalty. <laughs> um, but yeah, very very fortunate for result for for Manchester United. Um, this match, I mean, mistakes consistent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if it's it's a difficult one because Man United seem to, they do seem to find another gear when they go they go a goal down, don't they? they do, it's been that way for the sort of probably past two seasons. Man United finding this extra oomph when when they go a goal down, uh, but that's not really what wins your titles. I don't think, James. Well, definitely not. Your mate. opinion? Um, um, are you as Manchester United? Are they are they up there this season? Or are they get a chance at the the Premier League I th- title? I think I think it's a four horse race this season: mm-hmm. City, United, Liverpool, and Chelsea. Um, if Man United don't sort out their midfield problem, I don't think they'll win it. Um, I think the best they can hope for second. But um, yeah, I think I think they need. If, if the I mean every other team at the top plays with that one holding midfielder. Liverpool have got Fabinho. Uh, Chelsea have got Jorginho. Even West Ham at the weekend are playing just Declan Rice in that central midfield holding role. Whereas Man United have got to play two players there because Fred is so useless. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> if you bring in a decent holding midfielder Fernandes and uh, Pogba and the other two central midfielders and you've got Rashford Greenwood and the wings Ronaldo up front then you've got a chance but mm. that holding midfield role is an absolute nightmare and that's why he's having to play two players there because Fred's just not good enough to do it on his own yeah I mean Van der Beek just <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what he's got to do such a sharp decline <laughs> Yeah. For his career is, is, is ridiculous. He was on an upward trajectory for his entire footballing career, um, playing Champions League level football, beating Real Madrid in the Champions League. This sort of uh, first choice nailed down at Ajax, pretty much every club in the world touting him. Um, yeah. yeah, and then goes to Manchester United, can't go on a pitch ahead of Fred. Um, I'm very much of the point it is a four horse race uh, at this time. Uh, we'll probably know more um, after Christmas, but I just don't see the Premier League winning side having. Fred is a mainstay. No, definitely just don't, not. Just don't see <laughs> Paul, what, what, what are your opinions? Yeah, you can't really argue with that um, when you compare the midfield to everyone else that's going for the league. Um, but yeah, do you think that McTominay could do it by himself, or what's like you're saying, Fred's not good enough? But what's <laughs> I don't, I don't think McTominay's is is a good workhorse, like like kind of like a Dan Fletcher type yeah. player. He's a good workhorse. He'll run up, he'll run all day for you, but. I don't think he's got the ability of a Declan Rice, a Calvin I Phillips. See him, yeah, I see him as a, yeah, he's yeah. much more of a sort of box-to-box. It's really physical in both boxes. He's, he's tall and good in yeah. the air. He can win a challenge, but at the same time, he's got 
fairly decent passing range. He is very much. I think he's a, he's the type of sort of like if you you picture a Liverpool midfielder of sort of Fabinho or Jordan Henderson and that sort of um, holding role. I very much pre- uh, see uh, I think Tommy is more of a sort of genuine Alden role or a Milner mm. role. Whereas they they have a wee bit more freedom and it's just about sort of influence the game in other ways. I see a holding midfielder has not been totally. It's about your defensive performance, but it's also about how you pick a pass as well. It's one of the reasons yeah. why I listened to an interview a few years ago from um, Declan Rice, where he talked about why he thought it was so important to make himself extremely two-footed to increase his passing range, to make him to make him come out of a centre-back position into a, an air midfield position. And I think the the complete sort of defensive midfielder needs to have that, and the the Arsenal they need to have a good passing range. Um, to sort of spray the ball out as well and I don't feel like Manchester United have that play they tried to force Paul Pogba into this role many times didn't they and it just yeah. did not work failed. It was very- <laughs> yeah, failed miserably um, yeah it did indeed um, we'll next go to um, Norwich and Watford two, se- uh, two teams that have come up this season very much a six pointer for them um, Watford um, blew Norwich away in an atrocious defensive performance um Paul, are they, as, are they as good as down at this point? Because they are for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's got an yeah, atrocious got defensive performance yeah. from, it from was, Norwich. It was pretty <laughs> woeful. Um, yeah, and whatever, like we were saying last week, I think they've had tough games. Obviously, they Liverpool and Chelsea and City, maybe all three, right? Yeah, and then you're like, you can't. Whatever, you can kind of be like, okay, big teams, but then when it's Watford. <laughs> And it's Josh King up front, and Sar is getting two. Um, you're just like, okay, yeah, you're as good as down. It's game over, and unless she just, yeah, nothing's going to change, is it? Like he's had oh, a couple. Of, this is the second season with them in the in the league. I was reading today they've lost 15 consecutive league games, Premier League mm-hmm. games. So from the other season, well, so yeah, like, come come for the the, the last. Um, yeah, yeah, two seasons ago. So point. yeah, yeah, and if you're getting. Getting done by Watford, yeah, it's not. It's not going to be good because Watford. You can't lose to the teams well. around you. Yeah, you know, yeah, they're yeah. very much a not team around easy. them. I mean, mm. I don't see, I don't see Watford being up there in, in the top half of the table, but um, they they seem to look decent. I think it's Malia Sarri is a fantastic player. He's been linked to Liverpool yeah. for for years. Um, mm. Just not quite got there yet. But I would take him in a heartbeat um, after that performance. Um, he was he was absolutely superb back to front. Um, but Norwich is particularly Grant Handley and I hate to say that as a Scotsman but there's a reason he doesn't quite make it into the national team every time he's fit you know <laughs> if you're not making it into the Scottish national team then uh, Premier League centre back you are not um, yeah I, it's, uh, I just can't see it with, with atrocious defending like that um, I just can't I can't see them staying up which is unfortunate for them because they'll be back to back relegations from the Premier League um, and at both their most recent attempts. Uh, in the top flight, we're going to finish up with uh, another team that's come up but performing much, much better. Brentford um, got up, got the points at Wolves. Um, rather fortunately, uh, they managed to do it with 10 men. Um, Ivan Tony, I thought, was absolutely superb in this match. And I think he's been superb in every game he's played in the Premier League yeah. so far. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match, James? Yeah, um, penalty for the first one. Um yeah, I think Tony is. I think he's going to score quite a few goals for Brentford. He's he's going to keep Brentford up if they stay up. Um, it's whether they will be able to hold on to him for a long period of time. I think that's going to be Brentford's issue. Um, Seems a very ambitious player as well, judging from oh, his definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
But I think Brentford, they're a bit unknown, and I think that's going to play in their favour because obviously Norwich have been here before, they're struggling, Watford have been here before, they're not, they're doing okay, but not great. Brentford, first time in the Premiership, and absolutely smashing it. Um, and I think I think next season, I think Brentford will struggle. But this season, uh, I, yeah, I think I think they'll be okay with Tony leading the line. Um, but again, one or two injuries for a team like Brentford, and that could could be disastrous for them because they, there's no way they've got the depth and depth and squad that yeah, the I teams have got. I think it might be three games in a bounce without a change to the starting lineup. Yeah, for exactly, exactly. Um, which, as you say, there doesn't quite bode well with it if they're going to um, suffer some injuries. Of course, we've seen that with Sheffield United. Um, I, a couple of injuries to them and a, and, a, and a poor start to a season can really get on top of you. Um, but yeah, I think the Desperateful side they're at cloud nine um, at the minute. Um, so I think that they're just going to they're just going to keep rolling in the good times yeah. this season we're just enjoying it haven't we yeah let's come up and enjoy it uh, yeah and, I can I can very much yeah. see them um, maybe uh, like beyond the the relegation bar, um, battle I could probably see Brentford um, maybe yeah. pushing around that sort of 12th to, to, to 9th sort of place I could maybe see them at this time um, Paul Bruno Large uh, they are the they are the Brighton of this season all the XG just none of the goals <laughs> just having a difficult time um, Bruno, Bruno Large is, is a He's a particularly highly rated coach as well, uh, which can't seem to get this team to put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, I re- like I did fancy them. Obviously at home and Brentford just coming up, I thought this is going to be the game where it would all kind of fall into place again. But uh, yeah, they're just really struggling and it's kind of hard to put your finger on it because it's not like their squad has changed massively. Jimenez obviously just come back from injury and doesn't he hasn't started scoring yet. So yeah. Yeah, like he just hasn't got the goals, but maybe that's just a matter of time. But uh, yeah, this is one of the games. Obviously, they'll be like first five games or whatever. This is one where they'd be like, this is three points or whatever. But it hasn't worked out like that. And yeah, before, like it's same. We see it all the time before you know it. It's October, November, the weather's shite and the manager's under pressure because the fans are annoyed <laughs> that it's so cold. <laughs> the games and they're losing. <laughs> so like, yeah, it's good. Like, I don't want to see him sacked. Like, oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah, not at all. But you could see it going that way. And but you know, uh, the results don't come. So the yeah. results don't come. I mean, because if you consider the, the the Wolf squad, there is probably a lot of higher, highly rated managers that would that would that would fancy themselves to manage that squad and do something with it. Um, given yeah. that the majority of the bones of it have already um, secured a European position and a and a Premier League yeah. season. Uh, so yeah, I mean, Bruno Large, the pressure's on. I think that next year is great. I mean, there was a there was a moment in the match where where Adama Traore hits the bar off a deflection, but it's because he's just rocketed the ball. Yeah. It's one of them that, and that I, you can't even see the ball because it's yeah. moving so fast. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he just stands in disbelief <laughs> and thinks, well, "What do I need to do here? You know, to yeah. get to get us going?" Um, because <laughs> there's so much talk about him, and I do think it's because he, he, his frame's different from other players. Um, you know, I mean, it's very much that he's he's particularly good at dribbling and, and sprinting and moving the ball down, but he's not massively technically brilliant. And I think it's fairly obvious that that's the case. I mean, it's no it's no great secret, but pundits just keep him hitting it and hitting it and hitting it. But even though he does offer a lot of good things to this Wolves side, I mean, if he did have the end product, let's face it, he'd be at Barcelona. He wouldn't be at Wolves, you know. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, trouble ahead for Wolves if they just can't get this ball in the back of the net as they need to because they really need to start putting points to the board before they start going into this uh, rolling over just weeks without you know I mean obviously they, yeah. they, they had the, the uh, a couple of points last week but 
Yeah. Um, can't be losing at Brentford, I don't think. Not that easily anyway. And not even putting one by them. Uh, I think that is going to do us for this week, Trips. Um, thank you very much for joining me, James. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, thanks very much for joining me, Paul. Cheers. Uh, thanks very much for the listeners for tuning in. Uh, we shall see you on the next one. Uh, this show was brought to you by Manscaped. Um, code Screamers20 at the checkout for 20% off and free shipping. Uh, till the next one, cheerio, bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sport Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.